welcome to an episode of uh, My Best 11. Um, we are so lucky to have on the pod today, um, Carl Emerson. Welcome, Carl. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's a real privilege. This week's pod is sponsored by the Fruit and Veg Man based in Luton. And of course, next to me um, in all the way across in America, uh, just got up. Marv, how are you this morning? Good, Andrew. Thank you. What we're going to do is we're going to go through your best 11. First of all, what I wanted to, wanted to give you an opportunity to say is what formation? Right. Well, I've actually been really, I've gone back back in the day when I played because I'm 47 now, so I'm ticking on a bit. Most teams play 4-4-2. Now, nowadays, you don't really, really see a 4-4-2. Nah. Uh, majority of the managers back in the day was what I played, especially at youth team. I think as a youth team player, that's the first system you learn. So we'll go, first of all, goalkeeper. Now, I'm going to assume starting goalkeeper, Carl Emerson, number one. No, no uh, uh, unfortunately. What? Whoa, <laughs> really shut the front door. How <laughs> <laughs> can you not pick yourself in your own fantasy football I've team? I've reflected <laughs> on my career. And, and as much as I had a really, really good career, and I'm really happy with my career, there was one man that I felt that was definitely uh, uh, slightly better than me in all departments, to be honest with you. And he was an exceptional goalkeeper. And I, I, really, I probably look up to him a little bit more because he was the first goalkeeper that I competed with officially, you know, as a pro. And he was an international um, goalkeeper. And to be fair, went on to have an unbelievable career. I mean, he played in a Premier League uh, the three different Premier Leagues. He played in the Bundesliga, Premier Whoa. League. Uh, he played in the uh, La Liga, and he played wow. in the Premier League, in English Premier League. So now you can uh, compare that to you. Now you're right, Embo. You can't. Yeah. Anyway, you've been to Spain as an holiday, I assume. <laughs> so who who is it? Who is it? Uh, it's Casey Keller. Oh I, wow. I, uh, yeah, so I had three, uh, three years, uh, well, five years at Millwall from uh, leaving school to a two-year apprenticeship to a YTSM back in the day to becoming a pro for three years. And I got graded up every year to becoming a number two at Millwall, uh, where Casey was number one. And in, in goalkeeping skills, his feet across, it was, in, it was insane. We were, we were playing like seven asides, you know, not day before a game. And no one could score. It was like, I'm on the other end thinking, God, how am I going to get this goalkeeper out of this team? Right. He was like, he was so quick across the goal. And then he got sold to Nottingham Forest for two million. And then he went to, uh, I believe it was Spurs. He played for Tottenham. Yeah, he ended up at Spurs league. for a while, yeah. Leicester City. Leicester City. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Leicester City. Then he went abroad and played in the Spanish League. I can't remember which team it was. And then he definitely went to the Bundesliga as well and played in the Premier League there. So, you know, he had an unbelievable... And a hundred-odd caps, I assume, as well. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he's international for America, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and wow. he, you know, like, to come in. I mean, he used to come in, he was sponsored by Umbro back then. And he used to... Two story this. He used to give me his gloves because I was a rookie goalie. I was a young pro coming through. I mean, I was only 19 when I was on the bench for Millwall. I mean, I'd done very well. I'd won the FA Youth Cup at Millwall graduated up from there to to getting into the into the first in pretty quick and then I'm I'm like with the big boys as you like at a young age but I had I mean I was on like 200 pounds a week being the first team at Mill that's all I was on and I didn't have my own gloves and I never give you gloves so Casey used to have his own gloves made for him from America sent over in boxes like tons of equipment how big were his hands how big were his hands by the way same as mine same as mine about size 10 and a half 11 so Jeez, you can see. Look the size of that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but basically, 
Casey would give me give me his gloves. But the problem was, and it used to make me laugh, was he'd go to Eimbo, give give me his gloves. So I'd give him, and I'd be really, you know, and right in front of him, they used to have Keller down the, the index finger. Right. So can you imagine? I'm not going to wear Keller's gloves. You know what I mean? With Keller on them. So I used to get a big ba- the white tape that you strap your ankles with. I used to run it down the index finger, and then just go right in front of him and rip it off, Keller. <laughs> and he used to look at me mortified, like, "What are you doing?" I said, "What do you think? I'm going to wear your gloves, Casey. You've got no chance. <laughs> I'm trying to get in your. I'm trying to take your spot. I'm definitely not going to wear your gloves. Like everyone knows that I've got your gloves on." Um, so it was good. You're what, 19 at this age. I was, 19. I was nineteen. Yeah. So, wow. um, and uh, you know, and 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 it was yeah, you know, it was good. He gave me all his, he gave me his, his stuff. He looked after me and that. Uh, we used to room together all the time. Uh, have fights over the bed all the time because there'd be a double and a single, and then we'd be arguing <laughs> over that. But no, he always got the double because he was the first in goalie. So, to be fair, but yeah, good good times. Yeah, happy times. So, I was about to say, sounds happy times. So moving yeah, on to our defence, we got four at the back. Um, yeah, I assume we're going traditional. Um, Traditional right back, left back, couple of centre backs. So yeah. talk us yeah. through in any order. Talk us through there. Um, right. actually, and actually, we'll leave we'll leave left back till the end for a reason, and I'm sure you know the reason. Just to just to keep him waiting a bit longer. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, listen, you, you you put me down. Listen, I could play centre back. I used to be a holding midfielder. Don't just come on. Don't give him any ammunition. Like so, you can you can leave out left back if you want, but I, I could even play right back. I have played a season at right back, believe it or not, for Luton as well. So. I think, I think could put out left wing, couldn't you, Marv? Yeah, that ball, 100%. 100%. Well, but anyway, listen, it's over to you, Emmo. Come on, what's it? What's, what's, what's it? So, right back, um, I played with the youth, for the youth team at Millwall with this lad. Uh, unbelievable pro. The best pro I've, well, I've ever, ever worked with and seen. Um, uh, he ended up captaining his country, he international for Republic of Ireland. Um, and... Could play centre-half. I think he played centre-half for a lot, lot of his career in the end. For Birmingham, uh, I think he went to Sunderland, uh, Millwall. Have you got him yet? Kenny? <laughs> Kenny? Is it Kenny? Yeah. Kenny? Kenny? Kenny. Go on. Got you got it? Oh, Kenny. This... Cunningham, Cunningham. Cunningham, that's it. Yes. Cunningham, right back. Yes. I've never seen someone so committed to his football career. I mean, he lived really? and breathed. I mean, oh, my God. I mean... Kenny wasn't, you wouldn't have turned around and said, I'm going to play the youth team with Kenny. I mean, he's two years old, so I was like a schoolboy playing in his South East Counties on, the, on a Saturday when I was 16, and he was like a second year uh, YT. And so calm. He played centre half a lot of the time, but he ended up playing both right back and centre, uh, centre half. But so calm uh, and so in control, but talked, didn't shout, but he had a presence, yeah. you know, natural presence and influence. But I've never seen someone. After training every day, he'd get a bag of balls out and he would just, on his own, knock the ball out of his feet, cross with his left foot, even though he's right-footed, cross practice for hours on his left foot. And I used to think, God, everyone's going in. I'd be watching him thinking, God, he's doing it every day. And in the end, he could just cross left foot, right foot, you know, yeah. constantly. And um, was always in the gym doing extra on his body and weights and stuff. And he wasn't like, you know, muscle-bound, you know, but he just was strong, efficient, I'd say. He was a very efficient defender. 1v1s, never see him get run, get done. Wow. Uh, and then when he went to centre-half, he wasn't what you call a, a big, strong sort of uh, terminology, like a meathead centre-half where he's heading it and fighting. Yeah. He's just, 
in control and very comfortable with the ball at his feet. Just reads it beautifully. Doesn't need yeah, to worry exactly. about that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Read the game. And to be fair, again, I started off, you know, I'm, I'm a young pro playing with him and for the youth team and then watched him get into the first team. And again, wasn't really noticed as such, you know, weren't sort of a standout name. But after a while, we got into up yeah. with Ireland team um, and I'm sure he went to the World Cup and I'm sure he was either captain. I think he did. Yeah, I think he captured Ireland in the World Cup and, uh, yeah, had an unbelievable career. But went under the radar, you know, he was like a bit of a James Milner, you know, where he un doesn't yeah. really get the recognition throughout his career. I mean, James Milner's won everything, you know, you can think of. Yeah. But he wouldn't be the first player you'd say, oh, he's one of the most decorated players in the Premier League, you know what I mean? Because he's, you know, he's been at Man City and Liverpool. But, yeah, Kenny was a bit like that, really. So, I kind of went under the radar, but, uh, you know, would have loved to play every week with, behind him, you know. Well, not bad. Two internationals to start. Yep. Yeah, yeah, let's, go, bad, eh? let's, go, let's go across to the left back. Who we got for left back? <laughs> you want to go left back now, do you? We will go left back. Let's go left back. Who? He wants a drum roll. He wants to drum roll. I'll add the sound effects in. I'll add the sound effects in later. Listen, Embo, yeah, I've spoke to Andrew about this lesson already. Listen, I know it's very, very unlikely I'm going to be in anyone's team. It's everyone's yeah. choice, which is fine. And it's nothing I'm going to take personally. Obviously, it's not my fault. You haven't got a good idea of what a proper player looks like. But anyway, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. To be fair, I think if I'd have been at Luton 10 years earlier, I think Marv would have made it by the sounds of it. But I think at this moment, unfortunately, Marv misses out just. Um, now, I've gone with a, a, another, another lad that went on to be international. Um, and I've played with him at Millwall as well, coming for the youth team together. Um, and then he went on to uh, play for Tottenham. Um, I think he played for Manchester City as well. I'm sure he did. Any clues? No? Mm. Millwall, Spurs. I'm sure he played for Manchester City. I'm sure he did. Definitely played for Spurs. Quite an aggressive left back. Got in trouble. Oh, yes. The nutter. What's his name? <laughs> ben. 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 Thatcher. 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 Oh, Ben Thatcher. Yeah, of course. Thatcher. He was at um, M Wimbledon for a while as well, wasn't he? That's it. So he went from Mill to Wimbledon. Then yep. he ended up Tottenham. And I'm sure he ended up... Might, I might be wrong, but I thought he played for Man City at the end of his career. <laughs> near, near the end. Um, but I might be wrong with that one. Definitely played for Spurs. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So Ben come through the youth team. He, he was he was a couple of years younger than me actually. But by the time I got pro, he was already on the radar at the club. You know, he was England. He was playing for England youth all the way through. Uh, it was rare for me to have someone already playing for England. And I remember coming in one day and train. He come and train with us, and he was only about 16, 17. And I was just couldn't believe his quality as well. People remind remember him as uh, being a really aggressive defender. Yeah, I remember he's got the incident where I think he elbowed someone on, on the side yeah. and come across sort of wiped someone out, clotheslined them. And he did have that in him. He did have that in him. Um, but what a lot of people didn't realise, and to play in the Premier League regularly as much as he did and play for, I think he played for Wales in the end, um, was the quality he had with his left foot. I mean, his left foot was like a wand. I mean, I remember him like just crossing the ball in, you know, some crossing sessions. I mean, never missed the area. You know, it was like unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, he could play centre-back as well, so I liked his versatility. So he could oh, come yeah. in and play centre-half. Uh, he, weren't, he weren't the biggest, but because he was aggressive and he, and he, and he obviously had, a, had real qualities, um, he could get away with it. And, um, yeah, I think that 
maybe nowadays in the modern game he would like even if it's modern when he played really but now even modern, modern you know now it's more modern uh, the, the challenge is he'd get sent off every week <laughs> but but um, <laughs> he'd have to hone it in a little bit because he did have a, a, a moment I remember watching the youth team once and he got sent off like against Arsenal and I was watching I was like oh my god you know he side down what got booked and it used to be hard to get sent off and then yeah, playing Arsenal, and then next minute he sucked down the, 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 the striker again. I'm like, what are you doing? But yeah, that is that right. That's but what you want to see. Yeah, but I think that's made him what he was, you know, a little bit as well. You know, he, he played on his front foot, but he was more than just an aggressive, you know, character. He, he had yeah. a lot more than. And uh, yeah, he he he. He, it was hard left back because I did have two or three that I'd I was going to say. The one that comes to my mind is Matt Taylor. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Ooh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, but yeah, that's something that was. He was one that was on, on the forefront for for left back, but you never know. We'll, we'll, have, we'll uh, wait here. We'll wait here. Wait, <laughs> wait and see. Wait and see. But, um, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's my left back for the for the, for my my eleven. Awesome. Right. So so far we got Casey Keller. Kenny Cunningham and Ben Thatcher. So all three from Millwall so far, which is interesting. Yeah, so yeah. you obviously like the hardened up Millwall reputation. <laughs> um, are we carrying that on in centre-backs? Yeah, unfortunately we might be. <laughs> it, will change. it will change. It will change. But no, um, so it's hard because when you're at Millwall as a young lad, um, basically they were all the top championship side. We were going for, you know, they've been in the Premier League when I was there as a YT, got relegated, but trying to go back up. So, yeah the pedigree of player was really high, you know, like we were getting in international. So, and when you're around them as a young pro, you, you know, you're looking up, you're learning your trade off them. And, and it was something that was really influential on my career. So, um, yeah, there is, there is a little bit of a trait with Mill, but it does change as we move through. Um, the next, the centre half I've gone for, one of my centre backs, is another international. Um, so, unbelievable character. Unbelievable! Um, actually, gone on to have an unbelievable manageable manage, as a manager career as a manager. He actually managed me as well. He actually sold me. <laughs> so <laughs> give me put it in my team. But um, yeah, so uh, captain his country, managed his country. Oh. Um, so uh, a hell of a hell of a hell of a you know a figure for his country really, um, and. Played Premier League in France. Would have thought he must have played the old Division One in in England before he come to me to Millwall because he was he was playing stuff in France. We come across. Uh, played for Barnsley. Uh, played for Millwall. I think it was Nantes he played for before he come to uh, Millwall. Oh. McCarthy. Mick McCarthy. Yes. Yeah. No, I was thinking yeah. of him. I was thinking of Mick McCarthy, but I thought, yeah. how how is how is it that um... he how was he was a manager of you? What a Colchester. Yeah. Oh, Millwall. Player manager. Ah, Player manager. Player right, manager. okay. That's what threw me. That's the thing that yeah. threw yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, Mick come in, uh, played in the old Division 1. Yeah. We, we, we were still in Division 1 then. Uh, we got relegated, but they brought him in to try and stop us getting relegated. But his presence, I mean, his voice used to go through you, to be fair, <laughs> on the pitch. But he was just immense. I mean, I've never played with a centre-back with so much... Um, character and leadership his leadership qualities were second to none what was he like in yeah. the dressing room um was he one of these 
controversial managers. I think you say he used to go through you. Did he ever go through you as a young man? Or was he pretty nicely, softly, softly with you? No, no, he was how he played. He was how he okay. played. And, <laughs> Called um, it. I, I always remember uh, I'd hurt my thumb in <laughs> I hurt my thumb in training, and I come in and I was like, oh, really hurt my thumb. And I generally hurt it. And he'd come in, this is old school, he wouldn't do it nowadays. And I, I was only a young pro, and they really wanted a goalkeeper to train because they, they, they set up a session. And I'd walked off, and I went, oh. he'd come in, and basically he'd come in and said, There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Come on, you're coming back out. And I was like, Mick, I'm, I'm really hurt. Like, no. No, you're coming out. And like, because I was a young pro, I was like, all right. And I had the arm. And I went out there and I strapped my thumb up and I played and I was really in pain. I was in real pain. I remember it. But I got so angry with him because he'd got, had a go at me and like made me play that I played so angry that I had a weldy. I started saving it. And he turned me out, I told you there's nothing wrong with you. And I thought, <laughs> oh, I've got a kill because I was, I was absolutely, my thumb was hanging off. I was dying. Um, the partner is another Mill defender. He played sort of like five, six hundred games for Millwall. Um, uh, nickname was Rhino. Um, yeah, Stevens. Yeah. Keith Stevens. That's it, Keith Stevens. He could play. He was like hard as rock, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played with Keith, and I probably, you know, he'd be he'd be the first to me. He probably wasn't the best on the ball. You know, he wasn't the best player on the ball. But I had to be good to play in the championship. You know. Um, oh yeah. But but, but oh, could he defend? And and he was he's. I mean, he was Mill through and through. You know, he played for Mill his whole career, but he played with his heart, heart on his sleeve, and, and he was so honest. And you know, you, you still could you ask? You know, he went through probably ten managers at Mill that all kept him there, all wanted him there because of his his attitude towards training, to games. Um, and the good thing about him was, what well, he was really good. He was in the dressing room, real, really good in the dressing room. You know, he was like a proper captain. And uh, with young pros like me, he also kept an eye on the young pros. You know, always come and see how you were, yeah. see what you're doing, uh, and always, always helped you. You know, like and if he was in a game, he would sort of help you as well. I remember playing, making my debut for me all in the first team, and playing alongside him, and coming out of tunnel, and like he just, he just looked at you, and you felt million dollars. Do you know what I mean? So um, he just, it's just how he, his approach was and everything about him, really. You know, and uh, he's actually in Australia now. He lives in Australia. Oh yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Enjoying it over so, here. Yeah, yeah. He's moved out there and um, working out there. But yeah, fantastic defender. The two centre halves in front of me were just absolutely awesome. You know, for, you know, from 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 the day I arrived at Millwall to the day I left. You know, I couldn't speak more highly of both of them. Really great. So thanks very much to Carl for that first little bit there. Um, what we're going to do now is take a short break um, to hear from our sponsor. The Fruit and Veg Man is your local green grocer that delivers quality fruit and veg boxes at supermarket price-busting prices within a 10-mile radius of Luton. We deliver on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Quote, Big Marv when putting an order through to receive £20 worth of fruit and veg with any box you order. We donate money from each box to Keach Hospice too. Order now from www thefruitandvegman.com or contact 0739-947-5444. Great. So um, we're back again after um, part two, uh, where we have heard from Carl Emerson um, and his choice of defenders. And now we're going to move on to midfield and hopefully see a little bit more attacking flair. 
Um, so yeah. wingers, who have you got? Who have you gone for on your wing? Right wing, left wing, um, right. either or. Please to know. Well, I've actually gone because I couldn't. It's really hard in my career. I played with loads of like wide players or wingers or what you want to call them. And um, softies. You probably goalkeepers called them soft, did you? <laughs> no, not really. Not softies. No. No. They're, they're, well, yeah. But I've gone. I've actually gone. You'll be pleased to hear as Luton Town fans. I've actually gone. I felt when I was playing for Luton back in the day, I could all, I could always see that Matty Taylor had unbelievable ability. Yeah. You know, and I always felt that defensively though when I'm playing behind him, he lacked that little bit of, at the time, he was young though, he was 19, 20, um, that, little bit, that little bit of just natural defensive quality. Steel, mm. yeah. a bit of a steel. Yeah. A bit of grill, yeah. a bit of grit, yeah. 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 You know, when you needed someone to step forward, and, and, and I always remember Halifax as a, a near post corner and he was in the zone one and I, and I thought he should have done better and I went mental at him. Um, because he didn't really step in to sort of go and head it, you know. He kind of waited, and then I was like, oh, Tails, you killed us. But what I will say was going forward, engine, like, really, I was going to put – I nearly went, I nearly went like, three, five, two, like, wing-backs and put Matty there. But to be fair, yeah. I just thought he could play left – we did most of his career midfield. I think he played midfield most of the end of his career anyway. But I just yeah. thought left, left midfield, up and down, Legs unbelievable, gets a goal. I mean, in training, he used to do me every week with a 30 yarder. You know, he strike yeah. of the ball was so clean and I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, so I saw he scored a couple yeah. of goals. Is it Portsmouth where he scored that blinder from about 45 yeah. 50 out, wasn't it? Yeah, he used to do it all the time in training. He just had an absolute knack of you know, and it always seemed like I'd, I used to think, go on and shoot from there, you're, you're never going to beat me from there. Like and it, and it would just scream in the top corner, and you think, Christ, how did I not say that? But yeah, and it used to always get a little bit of movement on the ball when he struck it as well. It used to sort of, you know, John Louis is one I thought about as well. To be fair, he's very unlucky not to get in there. I know, I know, but I look at it like sort of he was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm looking all at, round. Yeah. John Louis, John, John Louis didn't defend. He didn't defend John no, Louis. He was, no, he was no, a luxury. The trouble with me, I'm a goalkeeper. So if I was a striker, I'd probably pick in like the most attacking formation in the world. Me, I don't yeah. want to goal. So I'm looking. How are we not going to concede a goal here? You know, and for me, with Matty and Ben down the left, you're going to do well to get past them too. We've got legs, a bit of yeah. aggression, great True. natural defense. You know, and they've both got a defensive mentality. You know, Matty still played defense a lot, and you're going to yeah. be hard. But and also getting forward, they both had unbelievable left foots. I mean, yeah, you know. They would get so many balls in early, crossing, and you know, and, and then Matt would chip in with probably ten goals a season from that position. Correct. Yeah, I just felt John Louis come with a massive bang, and he was unbelievable. Like through the first three months of the season, but then I felt like when it got to sort of December, January, there was a little bit of dip in his form. You know, there was yeah. a little bit of like you know the pitches got a bit heavy. He needed the you know he needed to receive the ball in space, and once you know the pitches get a bit heavier. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit harder to do that. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, right midfield then, who's your right back you've picked at right midfield on that theory then, Carl? Because obviously it seems like you're going very defensive, so you probably picked no, what, a right, a right back at right midfield again? No, I've got, to have some, I've got to have some goals in the team, surely. But no, no I've gone for a young lad that I played with uh, right at the end of my career. I went to, uh, right at the end of my career, I went to Grey's Athletic right at the end when I was about 34. And we went and won the, uh, the double. We won the, the trophy and we won the Conference South at the time. Uh, I was like, who's this lad? Where's he come from? And it was, it was crazy. And he was training and playing. And he was 16. 
And even though it's only Conference South, for a 16-year-old to play at Conference South level and deliver 17 goals, you wow. know, you've got talent there. And I always remember playing the game, and he was unbelievable. And uh, after the game, Ian Evans, who was the assistant manager of Republic of Ireland, come down, and he was working for Sunderland at the time, come and spoke to me and said, oh, you've got some good players here, haven't you? Because we had Freddie Eastwood at the time as well. We had, uh, wow. this is like not um, we had Mitch Cole, bless his heart, he's, he's now passed. Um, he was playing the right wing. We had uh, Dennis Ollie. We had, uh, and the bloke, the lad I'm talking about now, um, he was playing right side midfield. He ended up being a striker as such. As um, He'd gone on to play for um, Celtic. Uh, he played for Scunthorpe, Southend, uh, or Sheffield Wednesday. Any clues? Gary Hooper. Yeah, Gary Hooper. He's Gary just Hooper. finished. He's just finished playing in A League out here, and he banged the goals in for Wellington Phoenix. So he's played. Yeah. He just finished playing in New Zealand. So That's he's right. banged the goals in over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gat, uh, well, Hoops, Hoops is playing, and uh, yeah, it just, it's just, it just, it's hard to explain because I went. I remember when Taff come down and spoke to me, and he went. To, I said, Gary Hooper, the right, the right side. So feel he's unbelievable, you know. And he went, what, 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 what was he good at? And I went. Everything. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not that quick. But it, it doesn't show. Do you know what I mean? It's not electric right. fast. But it just his brain, his thought, and and his his rival. I mean, he used to ride back stick every week and get a header. And you think, he ain't the biggest, but he'd arrive and he, his timing of his leap and everything. He's just unbelievable football, and he was so so clean with his touch. Left foot, right foot could come inside, hit it with his left, go outside with his right. So it's really hard to sort of show him one way because as a defender, because he had that quality. And he was just, he was just, I don't know. It was like a silent assassin. He just, you didn't he was 16, Emmo. He was 16. 16. And he's got, and then I knew he was going to be under career. And then it was slow. It was a really slow career, really, because he went to South End, bang goals in there. Mm. And he went, and he went on to Scumful, bang goals in there. And then he, and then he, he went, went to Norwich, there. did he? Yeah, that's it. Norwich, that's it. Norwich, yeah. And then he banged He's at Norwich with the Washington and people like that when he went in the Premier League, yeah. That's right, that's right. And uh, he then he got the move to Celtic for six million. And then, I mean, I got a quiz question the other day, and it was so funny, I didn't know. You know, when it was all locked down and everyone was doing uh, quizzes in the families, and well, someone put a quiz on, and it said, Name the player that has scored in every league in, in, in um, non league, so like Conference South. Da, 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 scored in the FA Trophy final, scored in the Champions League game, scored in the FA Cup, like every every sort of right. competition you can score in. And I'm yeah. thinking, oh, this has got to be. And I'm thinking, well, who played non-league? Who's feeling? And then I didn't get it right. And then my my <laughs> nephew, my nephew went, Gary Hooper. I went, oh my god, I played with him. I should have known that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy because yeah. obviously. You know, I should have known that question, really, because obviously followed him all the way through from playing him at a young age, you kind of keep an eye on his career. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah I, I find it really strange, sorry, I find it strange that at 16, he's gone on to have the career what he's had, playing at Champions League and all that. Was he not at a, a professional club as a kid? I just... Yeah, 16. Tottenham. Tottenham, right. They okay. believed him. They released him. Right. And Stimo, the manager at the time, said, Stimo said, he brought him in. He said, this kid, he's, I can't believe they released him. Like, he was, he was shell-shocked. And I, I've got to admit, after about a month of training with him, you go, wow. He just had, he just had, it's hard to, he was one of them players, I don't know if you've ever had it, Marv. Like, you know when you play with someone and you go, you think, how's he keep scoring goals? How's he keep, because he doesn't, it wasn't like, you know when you play with some players, like, yeah. I play, you know, play with a few players that are electric quick. You put the ball, they're right. not the ball pass. 
and you're absolutely left for dead. And you think, how can I mark this bloke? You know, he never yeah. had that. Okay. Right. And you've got some people that are like just unbelievably skillful. So like they've got a step over, a double step over. And yeah. you're like, whoa, whoa. He didn't really have that. Right. He just had everything else that could get gold. It just, I mean, if you look mm. at his career, I mean, he's gone on to have a, an unbelievable career. But at the time, I remember thinking, wow, you know, this kid's going to be special. And, you know, and I was surprised wow. he didn't go straight to Millie because, you know, when people watch him, I think that's the same. A lot of scouts watched him. And right. thought, mm, he ain't quick. Mm, yeah. He ain't going to play Premier League. He ain't really skillful. Not going to play right. Premier League. And it, it's took. It's just like he's gone every level and scored goals until someone's had to say, "Well, he scored here. He scored there." He's, yeah. So he ended up playing for Norwich and Celtic in the Premier. You know, Scottish Premier in the, in the English yeah. Premier. So, yeah, incredible yeah. career. Yeah, awesome. So, so centre midfields. This was the right. exciting moment. <laughs> not, not, not for Luton fans it's not <laughs> are we going back to Millwall again are we, are we full no, of Millwall central no, midfielders no, no we're going Colchester United okay we're going for a, a lad that um, when I was first joined on, on loan he, he, he was unbelievable in possession I've never seen a player not give the ball away like, he just never gives it away and he always looked so calm uh, not really a shouter, not really, you know, sort of a demander, really. But what a player, you know, and 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 always delivered big goals. At, like we'd be losing in a, in a in a playoff semi final or in, in a really big game, and all of a sudden he just picked the ball up, do a really little clever one two, and then bomb. And his technique, you no know, striking the ball in the bottom corner every time. You know, always come up with big goals. And um, he he got he got transferred to Charlton Athletic. And our club was upset because it weren't enough money. I think it went to Tribunal and it, <laughs> it weren't a lot of money at the time. And we all knew that he was going to go on and play, you know, top top level. And then he ended up playing for his country. Uh, and then he ended up getting signed by Aston Villa and played for Aston Villa in the Premier League for a number of years. Uh, you know, more of a, I wouldn't say, later in his career, I think he sort of adapted and played a little bit deeper in midfield. But when he played at our level, you know, in the Division Two, Div One sort of level of, uh, you know, the leagues, he he would be a bit more higher up the pitch, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. uh, his nickname was Sheedy, but it's not Kevin Sheedy. <laughs> it's, I mean, I've, I've, I've been trying to think. I haven't got it. Have you got it, Andrew? Uh, I haven't got it. No, I don't kind of think of a couple of. I kind of Darren Ambrose or Bowyer. No, no, no. His name is. I tell you, his name. Put you out of misery. His name was Mark Kinsella. Oh yes! Oh, my was he, was he, is he South African? No, he's Irish. Republic yeah, of Ireland. He is. I, I must be getting confused. Yeah, with, I was getting confused with Mark player. Fish. Yeah, good player. Good, good, good player. player. Good. Yeah, good yeah. player. I don't know. Yeah, good. Very good player. You're English, yeah. aren't you? What are you plugging all these Irish holes for? <laughs> I know. I know. Kinsella. Definitely. But no, Mark. No, he was. He was top draw. I mean, at Colchester, he ran the show. I mean, he was head and shoulders above anyone that I played there. And I played there for six years. And then, you know, you kind of justify why you think, oh, this, this lad's got to get a move sooner or later. And he did. And when he, he only went up the division. I think he went Charlton. I think Charlton weren't, weren't well, Div 1. I think they were championship standards, sort of, you know. Uh, and then he ran the show there for two seasons. And then he went on to Premier League. I think he might have, he played for Aston Villa, but he might have played one other club in the Premier League. I can't remember who it was now. But definitely played for Aston Villa because we played against him in the Coco Cup match. Do you remember at Luton? Yeah, yeah. He's a good player. Then. What, what's Sheedy about? What's Sheedy about? Do you know what the nickname's from? Just nicknamed Sheedy. When I got there, I was a young, quite a young pro. He was nicknamed Sheedy 
then uh, I, I don't know if you think they look, you look like Kevin Sheedy or what, or because he's from Ireland. I don't know because um, you know I'm not t- not too sure to be honest. But yeah, no, it was uh, he was a uh, yeah, he was quite a quiet man really. I mean, he didn't really in the dressing room. You know, you wouldn't. He, he was very very quiet, kept himself to himself. Never, never really said much, really. But when he got on the pitch, he, he let his talking, you know, we was talk, talk with his feet, as they say. Um, yeah. And, you know, he did really, 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 really good player. Really, really good. What was the Colchester dressing room like? Was it a bit chatty or a bit quieter than Millwall? Obviously changing, going from kind of... Very different. Yeah. yeah. Very, very different uh, personalities. Uh, I think it took... A few years for us to sort of get together to get to we we kind of we, we felt like Colchester was quite a lot of revolving door for a little while. Then it settled down when Steve Wignall became the manager, and then we brought in Green. He was ex Luton, Aaron Skelton, ex Luton as well, yeah. um, and a few others. Uh, Paul Buckle come in, and we we kind of all, once we got our personality, and I think they found the right balance with personalities. The dressing room come come you know was really good, but a meal they kind of always had really strong personalities in the dressing room. Now, when I was at Mill, we had like um, Mick McCarthy, Gavin Maguire, who was a proper nut-nut. Um, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, Gavin. He was, no, because he went, he went to keep you out. He went to keep you out, didn't he, as well? Yeah, that's, it. that's it. What do you mean by yeah. nut-nut? For, for a non-footballing person here, what do you mean by nut-nut? Get, so give us an example. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Andrew, 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 I'll give you an example. Millwall, then, back in the day, used to like employ their fans as players. Basically, they're nutters. They are they're nutters. <laughs> no, Gab was the sort of person that was just like I remember playing in a, in a, in a, against QPR in a reserve team game. And he's playing, and he's halfway for the game. He's just throwing mud at the players, and like they look at him, they're scared. <laughs> they're scared of him. You can see the QPR players are scared of him, like actually physically. Like, all right, Gab, leave it, Gab. Right, what, what, you know, like they were like he was like that right? in a reserve game. Yeah, it was just crazy. He just, he just, just, he just wasn't. He just wasn't like um, with it sometimes, you know. Just, just <laughs> yeah. And he liked to ta- and he liked to tackle. He weren't just like that. Like I mean, he was a hard tackle in midfield. He was nasty, you know. He could put his foot in, you know. He would, he would, he would, you know. Back in the day, you got away with it a bit, but he would go over the ball, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he did put his foot in. But uh, and we had people like uh, Terry Erlock. Um, I mean, I just remember like uh, Pat Van Den Al, Terry Erlock. Rhino men, men again, men, yeah. grown yeah. men, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, but they were like just different. They were like, you know, I remember playing in games with them in, in, when I was a young pro, and if I didn't throw them the ball, they went berserk like <laughs> proper berserk at me, you know. And I was like, you're always playing petrified for the first couple of weeks. Do you realize they're like that with everyone, you know? Yeah. It's not me, it's not having a go at me, it's not personal, and it was a great growing up for me because you know, it sort of made me a little bit more my character because I realised that that's that what it took to be a championship stroke premiership player because yeah. you know, we had Teddy Sheringham as well there. Teddy, I, I didn't put Teddy in my team because I didn't really play with Teddy. You know, I was a YT and he was in the first team. So I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have put my name saying that I played with Teddy because I didn't. Um, right. he, he got moved. He moved on just for them. But, you know, the, 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 the totally different outlook. I mean, just from, I remember I was Terry Ellis' boot boy and, um, he used to come and he used to call me the ghost because I'd hide when he, because <laughs> I would slip through the wall, you know, like he's going, where's the ghost gone? He's gone through that wall again. Where's he gone? Because I would be, I'd be like, oh my God, what's he want me to do? Because he would ask me to do things like, I remember one day we used to have our own players bar and um, 
we had to always get the beers out of the cars to carry up to the, because they used to run their own bar back in the day. It was different. Like, all the players ran it and we all put money in to get the beers in and then they sold them to all the, the, the family and friends. And then at the end of the year, we got a little packet of money to say, well, that's what profits were at the bar and it was all done to us. So we had responsibilities. But Tell would come and see me and he'd go, right, right, young'un. They'd go, you've got to go and get my car. And I'd go, I don't drive Tell. He's going, that's all right. It's automatic. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> It's just like it's like a go kart. You drive a go kart. I was like, yeah. It's just like that. Foot on the brake. I was like, but I haven't got a license, you know. But they just expected you. It's just so different, and like yeah. you just couldn't get away with anything, you know. If you come in with a pot of tea back in the day, and it was not made properly because we had tea in dressing back then, you know, big pot of tea, and it was so much milk, and you'd get killed, you know. They'd be look, look coming out screaming at you, you know, what's this tea? This is rubbish, you know, like, and uh, that's what's different to the game now. You don't have that, I don't think, at um, yeah, the top pro clubs nowadays. But, yeah, a completely different set of lads. So the, the environment, the dressing room, going back to the dressing rooms, was very different. Maybe because I was brought through there and I looked up to these players a bit more, maybe, or I don't know. But they did definitely feel like much bigger leaders. And I think that's why they were championship stroke internationals. And then when I was at Colchester, maybe there was a little bit of a step down in, in, in that time. And I was there until I went back up again to uh, Warsaw and, you know, even Luton. You know, a lot of players at that team have gone on to do very well. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, I interrupt you. Your other central midfielder next to yeah. Mark Kinsella. He's, uh, unfortunately, another middle player. Uh, Whoa! Not, not unfortunately, but it is. And it's hard not to pick him. Um, he also captain, uh, captain. He played for his country, um, and he come in. He come in as a young pro, and I was quite. We're not much different. Probably two or three years between us. I was probably eighteen. He was probably twenty-one, and we signed him at Millwall from Falkirk for fifty grand. It was unbelievable buy, and I couldn't believe it because when we got him trained, we we're like fifty grand. This is unbelievable. And that's what Bruce Riot was really good at. I mean, Bruce, the game was a different type type of manager, but he he knew players. He was an eye for players. He signed. He signed uh, Alex Ray, Casey Keller. He got in um, Malcolm Allen. Uh, there was loads of players. Chris Armstrong, seventy-five thousand from Wrexham. He got in. He got in. Uh, Colin Cooper for like something like hundred grand from Newcastle. Wouldn't play for England. Yeah. Alex, yeah. Uh, you know, it, the, the list was. It went on and on. How many players? But his man management wasn't the best. To be fair, it was a bit. You know, a lot of boys find it difficult. But he's eye for player. But this lad, anyway, come in. Within six months, you see he's, he's going to be a, you know, a, a legend that we will really you know. Like he's, going to, he's going to do really well. He had energy. He, he just had passion. You know, um, and, and, and he got goals from midfield. I mean, loads of goals. You know, and he was always breaking, breaking beyond the midfield to get in the box and score goals and score some cracking goals from distance. And it was just really his, his, his energy and his, his passion, really. It come across on the pitch, and, but he had qualities, unbelievable qualities, no doubt. Um, and he went on to play for Scotland as an international and uh, had a really good career. Got a move to the Premier League, to Wolves. Um, played in midfield for Wolves for a few years. I think he may have played for Sunderland as well. I'm just trying to remember back now, a while back, but... Yeah, had a great career. Any guesses, no one? No. <clears throat> I was going to say, Alex. you've already said Alex Ray, but that's who I was going to guess. Oh, I haven't said that's Alex Ray. You got it. It yeah, is. Oh, it is. Yeah, Alex Ray. Yeah, you got it. Alex Ray. No, it's Alex Ray. Uh, I had to put him in yeah. because he was just dynamic. You know, that's the word, dynamic. He would just 
he just was relentless. And he was relentless. His energy levels were unbelievable. Box to box, box to box. But he was aggressive. He played on his front foot. But he had that, that bit, you know, he was dynamic. He'd get the ball out of his feet and he always looked to shoot. And then, you know, he had that quality where he could just slide past it in behind. And, you know, and he was just really, really good. And, you know, went on to have a really good career as well, you know, and playing for Wolves in the Premier League. I'm sure it was Premier League that was in when he played there. Yeah, um, he did really well, went on to do well. And it's really tough because I played with some really fantastic midfielders, you know, throughout my career. You know, there, there's been there's been a few in there that, you know, you, you look back and go, oh, you know, and um, I probably changed this three or four times, you know, and, and you keep thinking, you know, I thought of Nico as well, being a captain at Luton, you know, and thinking... It's hard, fair, though, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, you know, Springy done well as well when he was, at, and he went on to have a good career at Leeds. Just for me, Alex, just had that little bit extra, that extra gear that you go, who would you pick in your team tomorrow? You know, and I, I would have to say, look, is that the difference? Like, you think? What What would you say is the the difference then between you? Ne- you mentioned Nico and and Springy between them and Alex Ray. What What is the difference? I mean, if if young players are listening, what's the difference between a championship player, a safe championship player, easy, you're definitely that level, and then the next the next step up? What is it? There's a number. There's a number of factors for me. I'd say is is I say keep saying dynamic. Alex was just more dynamic in them in the final third. Like he would break the lines in in a lot, and 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 don't get springy scored some weldies, you know, from distance as well. You know, I remember playing against Watford and Luton Watford in the Coca-Cola Cup second round. Springy's hit a 35-yarder and it's a weldie. I think every Luton fan will remember that forever, that one. Yeah, (laughs) but Alex was just, and I'll tell you what it is, it's like Alex Ray was a mixture of Springy and Nico. That's the only way I can describe it. So Nico was aggressive, put his foot in and ratted. Well, Alex could do that, but Springy couldn't. Right, yeah. do that. Springy was good at scoring goals and being a playmaker and getting on it. Yeah. But go, would no, I don't miss a nasty way to Matt, Matt if he's listening. He would go missing sometimes in in a in a bit of a roll your sleeves up match, and it's it's you know you you need you know digging now for twenty minutes. And I yeah. felt Springy wasn't that good at it. Alex could do that, but he would also do what Springy could do. So it was just he would then get the ball out of his feet, he'd do that bit, and all of a sudden the ball would come, he'd go bump, and he bump out of his feet. And he'd get his shot off, and he'd put it in the top corner, and and he's done, right. and he's done the, the the rubbish part of the game as yeah. well. And it's it, it's thin lines. I mean, I played with like all the way down to the. Com- I, I played in every league, but from the Premier League, and I pre- went right down in the Conference South. And there were so many small margins through the levels of players. Yeah. It's just consistency, yep. being consistent, and it's love what you're doing. I think you got. You know, to be a top player, you've got to love what you're doing, and you've got you've got it's got to be your life. You know, you've got to sacrifice a lot to do it. We're talking and, Kenny Cunningham out there crossing yeah, the ball with yeah. his right and left peg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think a lot of these players, you know, they loved the, they loved the game so much. It was everything, you know, and, and they did a lot of sacrifice. And don't get me wrong, you know, some make mistakes further down the road and, and and go off the rails a little bit. Like you know, we're all humans, but generally in the early days, I think that you know, the dedication they put in. I mean, some are blessed with natural athleticism. You know, you're born with that little bit of DNA. But, but all these players were natural leaders in one way or form, you know, that I've put in my team. You know, they, 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 they led in different ways. But, yeah. they, and they controlled games in different ways. But, you know, they, they, they definitely were. And it is, it is very thin lines for me for the difference. You know, I played with some players. I can't understand why they never made it. You know, training them every day and I've not made it, but like made the Premier League or gone on to be in Nationals. Um, because you think, oh, what qualities have they got? You know, it's unbelievable. 
um, and they don't get the, the breaks or they don't. I, I don't know. I'm not so sure it's breaks. I'm, I think I think you make your own. I'm a bit of a believer. You make your own luck in this world, and you know, especially when you're training every day, you know, uh, seven days a week or whatever it is, and you you you, you get there if you're good enough. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, and yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's no way really to sort of there's no magic potion to say oh, well, why is he not made it and he has. Uh, consistency is the biggest thing and consistency comes from doing your trade every day well and working hard at your trade to yeah. get them consistencies so strikers this is going to be interesting yeah this was the toughest one I'm this gonna... was really hard this was like I was like oh my god because I was really <laughs> I was really lucky because like when, you, when you're in goal and you, you, you know, you're looking for people to get you out of trouble and you know, make a mistake someone scores a goal or, or you're looking like, for me, sometimes when you're just hitting a target, man, and it's so nice when you're striking the ball up there and it ain't coming back and you're just yeah, helping it on. But like, there was so many, I played with two unbelievable, or three really good target men in my life that were like unbelievable. You know, like won their headers and got the goals and held the ball up. And then I played, and there's so many different types of strikers you come across and, and you play with. And um, the ones I've gone for is is a bit controversial, one of them, because I've Ooh. gone on the Well, no, it isn't controversial, but it's... I, when I trained, I was the only striker I could never read. And it was... <laughs> I, I was made... It made me look stupid every day in training for two years. And I was like, what the hell? What, what, this bloke's unbelievable. His finishing was unbelievable. I'd stand up. And it would just side foot it down the side of me. And like, it'd be no pace on it, but it beat me. Like, it'd get me off balance. And then, and then I would go down early and he would dink me. And I was like, well, I said, I was going, you know, it, it, I could never, he could, I could never ever get it right every time we played. And, and Look at Marv's face. Marv, Marv thinks you're going to say him. Look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was saying, I wasn't a striker. I was, I was saying, I wasn't a striker though, Ember. I was just like, I'm confused. I wasn't a striker. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, I, I played with this. I played with this man. That, you know, for, only for a couple of years. But um, and the reason why I picked him is because he got goals in his career mostly. But he had unbelievable. Like I was saying, it, it, I just you could see what I mean by this is I could see why he played at the clubs he played at. Now he was not at that club anymore. He was coming down a little bit because he was playing Championship. But. He just, oh, I can't explain it. Until you've been in goal and you've got someone and you just can't save any of your shots because you just don't know what where clubs, he's going. What clubs? Come on, what clubs was he? Come on. Man United. Manchester City. Norwich. And I can't remember the rest of loads. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a massive clue. All right. Massive clue. He saved Ferguson his job. Oh, Robbins. Yes, Mark Robbins. Robbins. Mark Robbins. Um, I'm telling you, and he's not one that people think of, like, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, well, you know, but I'm telling you, he was probably at the end of his career a little bit, but I was just in, I was just amazed by his qualities. And like, cause I never really, really watched him that much. And he come in and he was near the end of his career and it was at Warsaw. I was playing for Warsaw and I train him every day. And I think when you train him every day, you really get to see yeah. what they've got in the locker. And he wasn't that mobile anymore. He wasn't like, you know, like what you say, like, you know, quick, but he was quick and full. And um, I just, I was thinking, it was him and another guy. I was thinking about, well, which one, which one, which one, which one. And I thought, I've got to go with him because I used to be bemused every day. 
come away frustrated. And I remember saying to training, how do you know? I'm, what, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> you know, because I just think everyone else, I could, I'd always make, you know, in a training session, you might get, you know, decent strides in your play. You'd save some shots. You'd go, oh, I'm going to get one-on-one now. I'm gonna, and I'd make sort of one in three saves. I don't think I ever saved a one-on-one against them ever. <laughs> yeah. And I weren't that bad. But yeah. So, so Mark so, Robbins, so, interesting. I think yeah. that is a curveball. That's a real curveball. Yeah. What would you rate him as in? Is he fast? Was he quick? Was he, or is it just the brain? Brain, brain, speed of brain, yeah. and, and, and his awareness. I mean, his awareness to see what's going on around him. It was just another level. It was just like through the roof. I mean, you don't play for Man United. You don't play for, you know, Man City, Man United, these calibre of clubs. And was he at City? Got... Was he at Man City? Yeah, he went to City as well. Did he? Yeah. Wow. yeah. I'm pretty wow. sure. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he did. He had an unbelievable career. When you look at his career, you'll go, wow. And, uh, right. you know, it just, it's just clever movement. But it's more what about when the ball was his feet. He just had so much ability, you can't believe it. You know, yeah. and it, and I'd played quite a lot. You know, I'd, I was I was what twenty six then. I'd played, you know, a bit Millwall, been all them all them levels, and I was quite surprised. And uh, yeah, I've, I've gone I've gone for him, which is it is controversial. And who's the one you didn't pick? You said you were about to. Because uh, I assume that's not the other person then. Because the other person no, has I mean, to be I... a target man. Yeah, so as I say, you, uh, you complimented him with a target man. Yeah, yeah oh. I've gone with pace. I've gone with pace. So, so I haven't gone for the big man, and that was my dilemma. Howie, you haven't gone for a big man. No, nah, he's a big man, but he's quick. <laughs> okay. Right? So no Steve for, Howard. I, no Steve Howard. Unfortunately, Howie was the one with Robbo, and I'll kick down. And I, and, and I, I looked at the system. I looked at what it was, and Howie was incredible. And he's the one that's again. I feel. Because you've gone my best eleven. If you go for my best yeah, eleven, yeah. Luton, oh, he would have no. made it easy. Oh yeah, no. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and the trouble is, the one he's gone up against is a multi-million pound player. You know, gone on to millions. Um, and uh, you'll see, you'll see why I picked him probably in a minute. But but how he for me was the best. You know, like the, the one I've gone for. He's he's a target man, but he ain't. Re- he can. He can do both. But he's more different, totally different to Howie, though. Still, in my opinion, uh, but Howie was the best. I mean, I had, I played with Andy Rammel, I played with Steve Howard, I played with um, Steve Witten, um, all target men that I could hit from kicks, and they all won their headers, like dominated all the way. And Howie definitely brought the most to the table in in the time that I played with him. And uh, he, he, yeah, he was one that yeah, so close for me. But I just went on the bigger picture like when I was training all the time and when I come off I used to go away driving home and I just couldn't stop thinking about how can I stop this striker scoring you know like mm. the Robbo and Robin and, and that's what went for me in the end you know like that 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 constant you know been training with someone every day I've looked at the bigger picture really and probably been a bit harsh on Harry because he delivered unbelievable you know from it no, but I think that. it's great that um, the, the whole thing with this my best 11 is it's made you like you said it, it was really difficult and you don't realise until you actually go to write it down how many top players you played with. Yeah. Oh, I'll I, I tell you what, and, and I'll, I'll walk away today and I'll probably bring you up tomorrow and I'll go, I've missed him off. <laughs> I've him off. You know, and, and there are, there are, there are, there are loads. And, I mean, and you know, it's like Emerson Boyce. Emerson. I mean, you know, yeah. Boyce won the FA Cup with Wigan. And, yeah. and, and, but Boyce, when he was with me at the time, he was playing right back and he instantly converted to centre-half, didn't he? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really. He ended up playing centre half most of his career in the end. where he sort of came. But he was playing right back. And I didn't think Boise was the complete, or even at, the, at that stage where I thought, mm, you're going to go and do really well. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He was yeah. at the balance. Because he wasn't talking much, Boise, at the time. He was quite shy. <laughs> you know what I mean? he, didn't have much, he didn't have much of a chance, did he, with, with Joe slaughtering him every freaking week, That's wasn't he? That's true. You're sure. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, no, and then, by the way, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, and he's and he's already agreed to come on here as well. By the way, um, oh, as as Howie, which is great. But oh, like brilliant. going back to Boise, I was just saying about the mental. I mean, like you said, I mean the mental sort of like torture in what Joe gave him. Which again, not trying to defend Joe, but. Joe was old school. You know, Ember, you know how they approach you to speak to you as a kid and all that stuff. And Joe Keneal was from that era. And so yeah. how he was speaking to boys, he was maybe not as how he should have been speaking to him. But in that yeah. day when he was growing up, that's how they were, sort of thing. Yeah, and no, for boys no, to go, right, on, no. go on to lift the FA Cup with Wigan after yeah. enduring what I felt was like a little bit like he was abusive, really. Yeah, um, was yeah. credit to him as a as a character, no, as a right. person. No, yeah, strength, strength, strength. Yeah, and and he was one that obviously I was thinking about as well. But it's where they're at in their careers, which yeah. I picked on them when I was with them, not where they're at. The end. So yeah, like, controversy because I've put Gary Hooper in there. He was sixteen, but at sixteen, Gary Hooper was streets above you know everything else I've seen at that age. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Um, but yeah, so Boise was unlucky. There's a few out of that team, you know, like Valois, Louis, John Louis, and you know Howie are the, probably the two, and Boise a little bit, which I thought of, are the two that really uh, I thought I had to think about. I, I was, yeah. you know, it, mm. do I put them in? Do I put them in because obviously you know your two are both excellent, your Luton fans and your Luton player. And do I put them? No, in? I think so that's, and I'm, I'm glad you did, didn't do that. I'm yeah. glad you didn't do that. I don't want it to be like that. Do I do? I believe in my heart. You know, with yeah. my best eleven, I yeah. I come across when I was playing. So um, now, don't get me wrong; they they definitely be on the bench. But you know, it's this it's just how I've done it today. So, but who's your number nine? Yeah. We'll, we'll mention it. Yeah. To, we'll mention it to Howie, yeah. and we'll, yeah. we'll mention no, it, and no, give no. him your give him your address <laughs> if that's all right. Uh, <laughs> so, who's yeah, a straight so partner? My final, my final jig part of the jigsaw is. Um, he come to me all when I was a second year pro, and at first, you know what's crazy stories when he, when he first come in, people were laughing at him. They were laughing at him in training. Pros were laughing at him because he was that bad really? at first. Yeah, come in quite quiet lad, really reserved, sort of like really quite not, not. I don't think he thought he was good enough to be there. Do you know what I mean? And um, Bruce Wilkes signed him, and anyway. And he just he just looked like like someone that was just like a head in you know like a rabbit in headlights a little bit. Mm. And then after a while, uh, Steve Harrison was our first team coach. He was a very very good coach at the time. He went to coach for England. And Harry used to keep him outside every day. I remember it. He used to get me in goal sometimes. And he used to work with him in training. He used to just get him out on his own. And go right. We're going to whip some balls in here. We're going to just do this. You're going to do some finishing. And he'd do he'd do every day hours of it hours of this finishing and you could see slowly kind of built in confidence a little bit and um, I never forget it he played so they come to the end of the season 
played a load of resi games with me and all that. And then he, then he broke into the first team, beginning of the next season. And he's so quick. I mean, ridiculously quick. It's like a Ferrari, right? And he had a, he had a, he had a leap. Like I've never, like you know, like Les Ferdinand who used to jump yeah. really well, and like he leap like that, he like gazelle, like jump up, and you're like, whoa, like, on the move, like run. And uh, but in the first few games, you kept getting caught offside because he didn't really have that. He was 19 when he when he come to Mill, and uh, he got getting offside. But within about three or four games, it's like someone just dropped. He just dropped with him, you know, like the whole thing, and he got comfortable, and then he was just like a machine. He's just like. Like, like, you know, started scoring goals and he was just like rapid, you know, really quick and a real handful. It was like impossible to mark him, you know, because he'd beat you in the air, he'd do you down the channel, do you in the wings, and um, yeah, was was a real handful. So then he got sold within literally about six months. He got sold and we were like, wow. Like, and he went for 1.1 million to Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah. Right? He then got me sent off on my debut for Millwall, right? Because he played for Palace in the uh, Italian club, and um, I ended up. Um, he went round me. He come one on one with me, and he's gone round me. And I'm like, oh no, he's quick. He's one on one. I'm in trouble here. Like he's gone round me, and I've grabbed his ankle. Anyway, he's gone. And to be fair to him, he tried to stay on his feet, and the ball's gone out for a for a. I got away. I thought I got away with it because he kind of still tried to finish it. And he smashed it in the side netting. I thought, I've done well there. But the linesman's got the flag across his chest, like this. So I think, what's happening? So Vic Caller, the ref, was, runs over to him. It's my debut for Millwall. Waited five years for it. And uh, first team debut. And uh, he comes over, he goes, and it just, when it just come out about the rule of professional foul, you had to be sent off. No, no yellow card. So the ref's gone, bosh, red card to me. Like 22 minutes into my, my debut. 22 <laughs> minutes? <laughs> Yeah, right. Sent off. So I'm thinking, oh no, I can't believe it. Anyway, fair to him, he runs up to me, went, Embo, I tried my best to stay on my feet, mate. Like, because he knew, obviously, you know, we played yeah. together. But don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry. Anyway, I got sent off. It was like, yeah, killed me. So I sent off. But he went on, he went on there and he, he smashed it up within six months. He was on one. And then he went to Crystal, he went to Crystal Palace to Tottenham for six million pounds. Yep. You know, it is, didn't it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, Armstrong? Yeah. yeah, Chris Armstrong. Chris Armstrong. And he had unbelievable career for a little while. I mean, I, I, he fell off the, I think he got injured near the end. I think he suffered a serious... I haven't spoke to Chris for years. You know, I don't know how he's getting on. But um, he was... You can't mark that. That's just impossible no. to mark. The pace he had. And, you know, and uh, yeah, he was... Uh, you could hit him as well, you know. You get him goal kicks and his, his target. He weren't really. A, you wouldn't portray him as a target man, but trust me, he could hit the ball. He could get up. He could jump. So right. And uh, and he had, uh, you know, like anyone that goes for six million pound, I'm going to do well not to have him in my in my team. No, do you know? No, 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 no definitely. Uh, and he never really played that much for England, did he? No, no, I don't think he did get. Did he get a national cap? No, but he did, did he? Don't think he got That's one, right. did he? Because it was around that time, as you say, when you had Sheringham, you had Shearer. Uh, yeah, Ferdinand, yeah, yeah. Ian Wright, he had all that kind yeah. of crop yeah. of strikers that England had. Yeah, no, he never got he never got into being international, but um, you would not like to have marked him. I'd have hated to play against him, you know, as a centre back or you know, because you know he just he, he just he was just an athlete. He was just a, you know an elite athlete. You know, mm. if he had done running, 
I think he would have been in, you know, 10 point, you know, f- you know, under 11 seconds, sub 11. Do you know right. what I mean? 100 metres. I think he would have been that good if he had trained for it. You know, he was that fast. Um, so, I, I, I've got, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, I just want to go back to you, your debut. Was, was, was you in there from merit or was there like, um, suspension or no, no, and the reason I'm asking that is because you only played once, so was that yeah. you know, he got sent off. Was it a case where they thought, right, that's him, that's him done, or was yeah. it just like, yeah, that's a little bit about your learning curve? So, what happened to me was I'd wait in the middle of five years to get my debut. Basically, I've gone away through, won the FAU Cup, got into the team, I've gone, gone alone to Colchester, proved myself in the football league, done all the grinding bit, got in. Mick makes me number two to Casey. Uh, and that was tough then because my development hadn't finished. And I was sitting right. on the bench every week. And I was too young, looking back. I was 19, all right? And I was sitting on the bench every week. And my development stopped a little bit. And then, um, I wouldn't say you get complacent. You just just stop having challenges almost. You're on the bench. And then I started playing in the reserves. And I played first team football like for two years on loan everywhere. And I loved yeah. it, the buzz yeah. and playing. I want to play away. My performances weren't great in the reserve a little bit. I kind of went backwards a little bit. I think I took a step back. And then I turned up to this game. And this is when you talk about learning from your mistakes and how you learn as a young pro. And um, I thought, I'm on the bench. He hasn't told me. They did, they, did a, they did a team thing the day before. And he did put me, it looked like it was an, he was going to play a half decent team, even, even though it was the Anglo Italian Cup. I thought he might play for young as I thought he was going to play. And he didn't put me in this, he didn't know like I was going to play. So, um, I turned up thinking, no, I'm not going to play. You know, that. And I got there, and then Mick's gone, Mick, uh, Embo, uh, Case don't feel great. We're not going to risk him. You're playing. So I was like, oh, right. But I was on the bench in the week, so I was like near it, but like I weren't, right. you know. And I just wasn't mentally... R- and I don't get it wrong. I did nothing wrong. I mean, what I'd done mm. was what they do every day and week on telly. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. He's gone round me. I've stopped him scoring. I've got a yellow card. Nine times out of ten, I've got a yellow card. But it was... This is where it went wrong for me, was... That was the only game I played because I took it so bad that I'd been sent off. I kind of went into sort of a spiral. And I was 19 and I've waited all them years for this chance mm. and, and, thought blo- and thought in my head I'd blown it. Like, oh my God, I'm never going to get a chance. Casey's so good. I had to do well. You know, I want, you know, I want to do well. Got sent off. And, and to be fair to, the, to Mick and Ian, Ian Taffy, Ian Evans kept coming up to me and going, because you could see how it affected me. And he kept saying to me in training, you know, it's not your fault. Don't worry about it. Just one of them things then, but because the whole world was on my shoulders. Right. And to be fair, I was 19, 20. I think I dealt with it really bad and uh, I didn't really recover really. And it took a jolt. They got rid of me basically that at the end of that year, Mick got an offer from, cause I'd done so well on loan at culture stuff. They wanted to, me to sign me. They said, no, he's not for sale. And they give, that's why they upgraded me, because I'd done so well there. I'd proven that I was a decent you know, goalkeeper. Um, and Mick called me in the office. He said, look, you know, what's going on? You're not, you know, you're... And I, I, was just get, I was just getting worse. I wasn't getting better. Right. And um, he said, we've had, we've had an offer from Colchester United. I was devastated. Like, I was like, devastated, because Bill was my club, you know, like back then. Mm. Um, I said, all right. He said, uh, yeah, we've, we've accepted it. And I said, I, he said, I've had an uh, offer from uh, Millwall, and, uh, not Millwall, from Colchester, and uh, we've accepted it. So I sat there just gutted, like, what? That's out of the blue. It weren't even, like, warning. So I said, well, does that mean I've got to go then? Because yeah, I want to stay here. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to go, really. And he went, and he didn't say it, but he just went, well, I've accepted it. Like that. 
which means like I don't want you, you know, basically without being rude. So, um, and it was a kick that I needed at my ass because I went and to be fair, I was drinking too much at 19. I was going out because of, you know, I was drowning my sorrows and I was getting a bit wayward. And uh, when I went to Colchester, I thought, again, oh, I pissed that last year, like two years ago. I was here, I was playing Div, Div 2. I was doing standing in the head. I'll be all right. George Burley was the manager. All right. George Burley went on to manage it in Scotland. So I had Mick McCarthy who went on to manage the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. And I had George Burley who went on to manage Scotland. All right. So I walked in. He didn't really, he got the, the, the manager that, that signed me, wanted me, was really the chairman that wanted me because they knew me. And then George got this job in that summer and he made it quite clear that he didn't really want me because he didn't know me. But he took me because it all agreed. Right. I didn't play. I didn't play for six months. Got there and he went, you're not fit to play. And George was like proper old school and was like shouting at me and so he used to foam at the mouth. He like, <laughs> used to go, don't shit yourself. Like, <laughs> down at you in the pitch. You know what I mean? Like if you were doing it properly. Um, all white foam in the corner of his mouth. But a good manager, a really good manager. But And he was right. He, when I'm looking back on it, I hadn't sorted my head out. And, I, and, I, and basically... I never played in six months. And I remember thinking, oh my God, my career's in tatters. I've gone from first team Millwall to Division 2, Colchester United, kind of getting the team. But the best thing happened was that I shook myself up and realised and got myself really fit and sort of got a bit between my teeth and trained a lot harder than I was before. I stopped going out and I got myself fit. And then uh, I got back in the team at Christmas uh, and, then, and then I played for six years, never looked back, you know what I mean? Kind of got myself that. But these things happen, they're experiences, and you know, bad ones yeah. and good ones are all what make your character and all make you realize actually. And I think the problem was I had a chunk from 19 to 21 where I could have done with just going alone again. And, that, and when I sat on that bench for a year, it become a little bit easy to sit there and pick your money up if you like, you know, and right. you know, oh, I'm at Millwall, you know, I'm playing, I wasn't playing, yeah. I was on the bench. But, um, and like, you know, looking back on it, Mick probably made a mistake with me as well a little bit because he, he forced me to go as number two too soon. He should have kept another pro. What he wanted to do was, I was on no money at all. I got more money for players on pitch and we got Casey, who's quality. Yeah. You know, Embo's going to be a number two. And he cut corners with me a little bit. And I, that's the only bit I feel a bit like, mm, I think if I'd have stayed there another year on loan, gone out and played, maybe gone up another division, division one and played every week, uh, I think I'd have come back ready more the following year and I don't think I would have spiralled out a little bit and gone a bit wonky. Who knows? But that's very young for a 19-year-old goalkeeper to expect him to be playing championship when you look back on it now. You know, it's a big yeah. ask. You know, nowadays, I speak to Matt Macy at Arsenal who I bought for at Bristol Rovers and Matt's 25 now and he's, you know, he's... he's there still and they're not rushing you know he's played a couple of games in the first team for Arsenal but you're not getting mega rushed and it's just a total different mentality nowadays to when it was back then yeah we, I don't know if we asked you to do this but I'm going to put you on the spot if we I haven't mention it, didn't I? I thought I said to mention it did I yeah. mention some manager yeah, yeah so who's the, who is the best manager you've ever played under because I believe if this manager was my manager throughout my career I would have played in the Premier League that's how much influence he had on me wow. and that's how yeah. much I he, I was, don't know what it is, chemistry. You know, like when you get someone, you get loads of managers to do this. You get loads of players in their careers. They'll go somewhere, they're really successful. They'll go somewhere else, the manager will sign them, and they're just a complete flop. Now, is that because the club's too big for them? Or is it because, you know, certain factors, the area they've moved to, they're not settled with their family? Well, who knows? I believe a lot of it is the man management of the, of the manager. 
what and, and how he builds a team around him or what he does for that player. And for me, half of being a manager is psychological. You know, you, you're, you're trying to make your players feel invincible. You're trying to make them feel like top of the world. When they go out there, they've got to believe that they are the best player in the world. When I was at, when I was at Millwall as a kid, uh, I come across a manager in my second year YT. After two games, he pulled me in the in the boot room at Millwall and told me to go and find a job that was never going to be good enough. And it was like a rocket, you know, like you ain't good enough. We lost the Spurs five two and Charlton five one, the first two games. And he was a new manager and he was crazy. He was mental, and um, I was just like, whoa, like. Something in me said, no, 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 I've got a contract. I'm going to stick it out. In three or four months, you feel the same about me, I'll go. He said, right. He said, all right. He said, right, what you got to do, you've got to knock on my door every morning. We're going to go out with a bag of balls every day and then we're going to work together. But if you don't come and see me and you stop coming and see me, we're done. I said, yeah, fair enough. So we had sort of a gentleman's agreement. So every day for six months, I would knock on his door before training early, an hour before, and we'd go out together. And uh, we would work... On, he wasn't even a goalkeeper coach. You know, he was just a man that was just trying to help kids and was trying to be. And his passion and his his his, his enthusiasm for the game is just unbelievable. And anyway, I worked with him. And his crazy story was so we lost the first two games. The same season, we won the FA Youth Cup. For me, they'll never win it again, me all. That's for certain because the game now has changed. And, like, you know, you've got Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, the money involved in the game. They hoard youngsters these days, don't they? Yeah. 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 Um, we won the FA Cup. We got in the final of the Southern, uh, Southern Junior Floodlit against Arsenal at Highbury. And uh, in the same, so you're talking within 12 month frame here, well, less than that, eight months, I signed two year pro. And, wow. you know, and don't get me wrong, like, I've got to take some credit for that because obviously I did, I was one that put the shift in and did it all and got yeah. it. But I wouldn't have done it without him. You know, he was incredible manager and uh, he went on to win um, the FA Youth Cup with Arsenal, uh, Watford. Um, you know, he's got, he's won it like umpty times. And uh, I mean, Marv might have heard of him. Um, he's, a, he's a manager called Tom Wally. Yeah. Have you heard of Tom? Yeah, yeah Tom, 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 Tom Wally was um, um, the coach. I don't like mentioning their names, so they're down the road when when I was coming through the ranks. So when so when when we were playing as um in, in Luton Youth and we had a lad, um, Sean Farrell, who was yeah. a, a centre forward, and he lived in that place down the road, right? And um, yeah. it was amazing how they didn't get him, and 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 Tom was always constantly before Fazza, who used to call him trying for Luton as a youth team there. Well, like, come on, come down, come down, come down here. And goes, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I've been playing at Luton, and so yeah, I, I, everyone speaks highly at him, very highly of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you know, for me, I mean, that's that's like for me. Well, I mean, the man just, you know, he had something. I don't know. It's almost like he had something plugged into me. You know, he just made yeah. me tick. You know, he'd say something, and it would be bad sometimes. It'd be yeah. bad, but it's what I needed, and he would say it in a way that would jolt me. I'll go, oh, I'll show you. And I had that bit between my teeth. He just managed to make... And when I played for him, I felt 10 foot tall. You know, I was like, you know, nothing's going to beat me. You know, nothing's going to beat me today, you know. And, um, yeah, he's, he, he was um, a real influence on me as probably a coach as well now, you know. Like, he sort of... Like, I look back on him. It was crazy when I look back, though, but his methods were mental. You know, like, crazy. We used to run. <laughs> we used to run. 
every day. Now, I don't run my boys you know, like, like that, but no. like, he built characters. Like He was like, yeah. he'd get you in. Don't get me, break you down first. He used to break us down. It was like military almost. Break <laughs> you down. But then he built us up. You know, and out of that youth team, you know, Andy Roberts was one that I nearly put in my team today. Andy Roberts was one that nearly got in front of Mark Kinsella. But I thought right. I can't have all middle players. Right? <laughs> he, 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 come, he, come, he come through uh, with us in the same team. Then you got, you know, he's responsible for Mark Kennedy, another one that I thought about. Mark Kennedy yeah, played yeah. for Liverpool. Um, yeah. Then you've got, obviously, Ben Thatcher. You've got Mark Beard. You know, the team, Jermaine Wright. All these boys were wow. convey about through Tom. I mean, literally, right. you know, million pounds worth of talent he brought through through the years um, being there. But he had the biggest influence. I mean, you know, it's, it was a difficult one because obviously, you know, I played for George Burley, Mick McCarthy, um, Steve Wignall, Joe Kinnear, you know, high profile managers, all of them. And they all have different. Um, different qualities and, and everything. But for the biggest impact on my career, I'd have to say Tom had the biggest. For the, the best manager for you know, my first team in my career, I would have to probably say it was probably George Burley. Um, Despite the story you said earlier on, you reckon it was a kick up yeah, the arse you needed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was the one that made me, again, there's people you meet in your life and, you know, they're good and bad or whatever the right time, but, as long as, as long as um, they're telling you the truth, and I'm just one thing I try and do now as a, as a coach, young coach, I say to them, I'm always going to be honest with you. You're not going to like what I say sometimes because it's going to be what you don't want to hear. Hmm. But I ain't going to tell you no lies. And to be fair to Tom, that's how he was. Um, Mick, to be fair, was like that, and so was George. You know, they were straight down the middle, and you know, they used to they used to just tell you and it used to bloody hurt, you know, and it used to really wind you up something. But but they were right looking back when I look when I always reflected, I just think, no, you're actually right. I am, you know, there were certain things George used to say to me and he said, Oh, you're not doing this good enough, you're not doing this good enough, you're not fit enough, you're not this and that. Yeah. And as much as you don't like to hear it because you want to play, you know, it was the truth. And um, I thanked him uh, two story this. We he left for Ipswich, George had a really successful career. And as he left, I didn't get in the. I got in. He was going to put. I played in the first team um, before he left, uh, and then he left me out again. And I was like, I can't believe this. What's he doing? He's, he's winding me up. Um, and then I worked hard again and showed a good good attitude. And I was going to play, but then he resigned. And he come and saw me before he was leaving, and he said, uh, "Look, big man, you've done really well. You know, I just want to let you know I was going to. I was going to start you Saturday." So, mm. But then he left. All right. But what happened was, I then we then played Ipswich. The next, I played the following year, all the year, and did really well. Got back in the team, but he'd moved on. And then we played Ipswich in a pre-season game the following season. And he come down the tunnel, and I saw him. And he, he probably thought I weren't going to speak to him because we did have a few run-ins, like you know, like sort of like the honesty was there, and it's like in training he used to join in because he was a player coach. So sometimes he'd go, hey, hey, Amber. Get, like have a go at me and I go fuck like you know like swear at him sort of thing all right and uh we'd have we'd have a little bit of a thing but he was always right but you know you are when you're a young pro you are you know you don't want to hear it and uh, he come up to me he said oh I see you doing really well I said yeah I just want to thank you and he said what's that I said like you was right you know I weren't I weren't really like ready you know because I thought it was like he didn't like me do you know what I mean but he was he was telling me the truth and you don't want to hear it, but 
it made me realise that I had to work harder. And, and to be fair, I said to him, I, I, I owe it to you. I'm playing the first team because I sorted out my, my like, things like my kicking wasn't good enough, wasn't consistent enough. So I had to go away and work at that. And, and the things he told me that I had to work on, I did work on. And he was right. And um, so, yeah, he, he probably was probably the biggest, you know, the, the one that as much as I didn't like hearing it, he sorted Colchester out. When he came in, Colchester were a shambles. The team was a shambles. We were bottom of the league, third, fourth, bottom. It was it was just terrible. Within six months when he left, not six months, he was there longer than that. He was there a bit longer than that. He got us into the playoff position and we were a good unit. And when Steve Wignall took over the, the reins, he didn't have to do anything. The team was yeah. functioning. It was ready. And we got we, we got in the playoffs that year. We got to the water screen final. The next year we went up and you know, Steve added to it as well to be fair credit to him. And we got into the playoff final and won it and got promoted. But he laid the foundation that definitely got and, it, and you, you see that when he went on to Ipswich, he did really well at Ipswich, got him in the Premier League and then he went on to be a Scotland manager, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah was so, was he in charge when they won the Ipswich, when they got into Europe as well then? Because they had that blinding so. season, didn't they? That couple of years. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And he was part of he, as a player. He was as part of the play, one of the players that played for it, which in the old the old days when they did well in Europe. With uh, I think when, back in the days when back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, John And he was a good player. I mean, he used to join training. Then he was a great player. So I'd have to say my biggest influence as a manager. I can't leave Tom Wally out because he basically, you know, was definitely. Like I say, if he'd have been my manager from my career, I'm pretty sure I'd have done Rue a lot better than I did because he just he just had a way. It's just he was crazy, but he just had a way of, of pushing my buttons. I always remember I tell you a quick story. I was um, he used to make us run. And uh he'd run us every day. Like he was like a maniac for running. All right. And uh we were running man his pitch, we we're just doing like a twelve minute. And I, when I was younger, believe it or not, Marv, I was really fit. Right? <laughs> now, 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 that, now that you say he, he was your youth team coach, I can yeah. see now why you were beating Casey Keller. Well, That's the truth. Exactly. Listen, while, when I was doing that, when I was 18, I used to be in the top three of the running. What a team. I'd be in the top three always. Well, we'd do runs, and I was, because I was so fit with him. Um, but this day, because he runs so much, anyway, what he used to do, he used to stand in this big pavilion on the training ground, and he used to come out and he'd set the running up, and he'd just stand there drinking a cup of tea, looking at you. Right, like old school, like not be out of us, just running us, right? But what he used to do is he would then go indoors, and I'm sure he did it on purpose. He'd go indoors for about five minutes, right? Disappear, and we're running on our own. And you're thinking, why are we doing this? This is mental, <laughs> right? Okay, what are we doing? And I remember one day. I just thought, what am I doing this for? I'm a goalkeeper. What? Why am I winning? I was up top, like I was really trying, and I jacked it. You know, and you just think. Oh, so I slowed down and I went to the back. Now, what he must have used to do was just to check out your characters. He must have gone in and got in the window and looking out the window at us. Right. Because he let us run. And I've dropped back to about second last, right, third last in this running. Because I'm thinking, this is just madness. What am I doing? All of a sudden, he comes marching out of the pavilion and he's gone, oh, Jesus. He's got his walk on his accent. He's Welsh. Like, he's going, he's going. Embo's jacked it in today. He's jacked it in today. Because <laughs> he could see, because normally I'm at the front, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're really annoying. Like, because like, you're right, I am. You know what I mean? And I always remember thinking, oh, no. So I remember pushing myself back up there, I'll show you how I jacked it. But so he had me on a bit of rope, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he knew what the press. And um, 
yeah, it's fond memories of, of all the crazy stuff we did. I mean, he used to set traps as well. So he used to say to us, I'm telling you, if you go out and I catch you out, you'll be fired, you'll be, you'll be sacked. Right? And he used to talk about players at Watford, previous players when he was at Watford. I caught the twins out one night and they never touched the floor. You know, never come in again. So anyway, so what you used to do, you used to say, I'm telling you, I will ring you. I will ring you. Don't go out. I, I heard about this. Right? He used to go, don't, don't you touch the alcohol. It's no good for you. Like this, right? Don't, don't, go, don't go on the piss. So right, young lads, you know, you start winning. And we started really winning loads. And like, at first we were shit scared of him. Right, and we were winning loads and loads. And one day he comes in, he went, we beat QPR 2-1 in the South East Counties. And he's coming and he's gone, lads, you are brilliant. Brilliant. He says, tell you what, don't have a day off. Have a day off Monday. And he'd never give us a day off, like ever, ever. All right. He says, have Monday off. Enjoy the weekend. And I'll see you next week, like Tuesday, right? See you Tuesday, boys. Pat is all on the back. We all went out with the dollars, right? So my mum used to wind me up a lot because she knew I was petrified of Tom. So she used to always, um, I'd go out and I'd just go, right, mum, I'm round here. If Tom rings, give him this number, right, because I was petrified. <laughs> <laughs> and ring me, right? And I'll ring him back because, like, you know, you've got to be careful. Yeah. Anyway, some nights when I forgot to give, some nights I got a bit confident to play back, she'd wake me up in the morning she'd just go, Carl, Carl, wake up. i go, what's up? What's up? Like in the morning, and I've had a few beers. And she'd go, um... Tom's rang last night and I'd go, oh, bolt upright. No, because I was petrified. And then she'd go, oh, I'm only joking. Right? My <laughs> <laughs> right? So, anyway, so this went on for a little while. Right? Anyway, one night I go out, get really, we, we beat, beat QPR. I'm out. We're in inches. Oh, I'm out tonight. So we go out. He only rings, right? So I give her a number. Anyway, so I come in. I'm in bed. And my mum wakes me up and she wakes me up and goes, Carl, Carl, Carl. I'm what? And I'm really hung over like, I'm like, what, what? She's gone, Tom rang. I went, what day? Yeah, well done, mum. She went, no, he really rang. And I went, <laughs> no way. Like, she's gone, yeah. I said, what did he say? What did he say? She goes, well, you're lucky because he actually woke me up because I was asleep because it was half 11 at night. He did it on purpose. Wait till half 11. Half 11? Yeah, half 11 at night, right. He's wrong. Anyway, my mum's gone, I was so shocked, like, so tired. It weren't mobile phones in the day. It was a home, home phone. So she's gone downstairs, but about half asleep. She's gone, Hello, hello, hello. He's cold there, and she's gone. Oh, and she's done well for me. She's gone. No, he's asleep like that, right? She's gone. He's gone. Oh, right, okay, okay. And I thought, did not ask you to wait. She went. No, no. She went. She went. She went. I was asleep. She goes. Oh, I'm really. And he went. I'm really sorry. Can you just tell him that I made a mistake? There's no day off. <laughs> That's what he said. Really? So he just set us up. Yeah, he set us up. <laughs> so he caught. He caught. He caught us six of us out. Six of us out. He rang everyone. Caught six right. of us out. Monday morning, can you imagine the amount of running we did? Oh, my <laughs> God. It was unbelievable. He went, I'll, catch, I'll teach you, you young'uns. I'll teach you. You think you're going to catch me out? I told you I'd ring you. I was like, oh, my God. And I, and wow. Go, oh, you was out, Emerson. You was out, Emerson. So, no, I wasn't. I was in bed. Ah, you was out. You was out. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he ran us. It was ridiculous. I've never, it was like, it was like, um, you watch the SAS programs, or you watch it out there. Uh, they got this SAS program, and it's called the, um, what do they call it? They call it something, I forget what they call it now. Um, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, they keep going, they just keep going right. until someone gives you their armband and quits. And they don't know it. They don't know that they're going to uh, keep running. You know, the, the, the people that are running, like trying to be SAS, it's a program. Right. 
they don't know that, they, that they're going to keep going until someone quits. So they're all trying to keep doing it. And it goes on for hours. It just goes on for three hours of running. And they're like right. literally just dead. And that's how it felt. It was, wow. it was uh, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. But yeah. Well, that's, that's fantastic. So we've got this, the 11 and the manager. I mean, got quite, I mean, I said, I see, he asked me, Andrew, he said, how long is it going to be? I said, about an hour. <laughs> what, are we, what are we hitting now? I don't know. Uh, we're on about an hour and 40. Oh God! You better, you better edit it. You better cut it back. I you've lost it now. You can talk. Everybody, listen, you're the one who's been doing all the talking. I think it's um, great that. Yeah. I mean, That's what people want to hear. The stories, yeah. yeah that it's, it's, it's gone well, on and. and... Say again. I didn't hear that. What's that? You can chop it if you need to. <laughs> I'm joking. No, no. I mean, I mean, I mean. I've listened to a few, like I said before, and sometimes I've looked at it and I've seen two hours, ten minutes, but. I'm in my car driving because it's similar to yourself, different ex-players, and I'm listening to stories and I'm thinking, that wasn't two hours, 10 minutes. I'm thinking, no, I'm no, no. Was it? You don't know what no, I mean? I listened, so, I, listened, I listened to yours and I listened to a bit of coinies the other day. I listened to a little bit of coinies and uh, right. yours. And yours, yours, I was in the car as well, picking my son up and just playing in the background, just laughing, right. you know, and listening to it. Yeah, no, it's good. No, it's good stuff. Hopefully, no, thanks for know, coming on. Thanks yeah. for coming on. I appreciate it. Is there, is there any messages you want to give to kind of fans of, you mentioned Millwall, Colchester, Walsall, yeah. Grays, oh, no. Luton. Is there any messages you want to give those, those fans? No, just like all of my, all of my career, I was very, very blessed to play for such, uh, you know, big clubs and, and clubs that had such good fan base and the fans were fantastic, you know. And, uh, you know, the Luton Town fans, for instance, when I was there, I mean, we had a great time, we won promotion, but they were really good at getting behind the team when, they weren't winning, you know, and that's the secret, you know, the great, the great fan base or the great team, you need to get behind your team when, when it ain't going great, it's easy to be happy and when, when we're winning and, you know, and, and, and successful, but a true fan will get behind the team when it, when it ain't so good and, um, you know, they're the fans that, you know, we, we were grateful for as players when we were playing, they were the fans that, you know, kept us going as well because, you know, we, no one goes out there to lose a game, you know, it, it's not in you, you know, you're professionally trying to, but we do hit, sometimes confidence lows and that's where you need you know the 12th man as they call it to, to dig in and help you and I was fortunate you know all the clubs I played for you know they all looked after me and the fans were great great to play for in front of and and uh, yeah I'd just like to thank all of them for um, you know being there through the bad times and the good times because you know they weren't all good yeah. and um, hopefully we, we set more good memories than we did bad when we were playing. Me and Marv at Luton, and when I played at Wall Street, Colchester, and Southend, and, and Millwall, and all them clubs. Um, but yeah, so yeah, thanks for thanks for that. Yeah, Embo, listen, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Um, hopefully, you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great reflecting back on and remembering. I mean, when you do things like this, you really do have a, like, you sort of go right back in your brain and think, God, oh my God, remember that and I remember that and yeah. I'm thinking of all the sort of stuff I did as a player and all the, all the, all the good times and the bad and, and reflecting and it's, it's great. It's healthy to do that and, uh, no, you know, reminds me of a career I had. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, sometimes you forget, you know, it was a 16-year career I had and like yourself, you had a really long career and uh, you do kind of, put it back of your mind and uh, to talk about it it's, it's really enjoyable and I've really enjoyed it thanks guys thanks very much Carl and that is your um, that's Carl Emerson's My Best 11 <laughs>